and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Uh, this one is going to be great. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks together on one stage for one night only. It's December 8th. It happens at Chase Field. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m., but you could possibly win a pair of tickets on the contest page at KTAR.com. That's going to be a popular one. Um, the Arizona Supreme Court rejects most of Kerry Lake's election challenges. That is what the headline at AZ Central says. Um, when you go on to social media for Kerry Lake, it says the opposite. It said we have won. We've got a victory. This is huge news. And I guess it depends on which camp you fall into, whether or not you subscribe to one or the other. But those are both opinions. Well, I would say it's a fact that six out of seven of the challenges. But whether it's a victory or not is a matter of opinion. So let's talk about what this goes back to. This has to do with the 2022 election in which Carrie Lake believes that she is the rightful governor of the state of Arizona, that the election was stolen from her. And they had seven cases or seven different um, accusations that went in front of the Supreme Court. Six of them were thrown out. One of them, uh, one of the things that's happening is that there is a lawsuit that's been filed uh, uh, against Carrie Lake. The governor is saying that it was a frivolous lawsuit that she has uh, put out there and she wants her to pay a bunch of money. Um, and uh, the the complaint that they justified, the one that they said is is worth looking at and requires a local court to look at, um, I'm going to read what the story says. The Supreme Court did not evaluate Lake's signature claims on its merit, only on the legal justification offered by prior courts. The court's order requires Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Peter Thompson to evaluate that single element of Lake's case against, again, to determine if it, the claim was properly dismissed previously or if Lake can prove votes were affected in sufficient numbers to alter the outcome of an election. This goes back to what's called curing of signatures. So we have in Maricopa County in Arizona, we have mail-in early balloting. And so what you do is you register to vote. They send a ballot to your home. You fill out your secret ballot. You put it in an envelope. On the outside of the envelope, you have to sign. You have to put your signature on the ba- on the envelope. When your ballot is returned, I mean, in this case, say Maricopa County, they're the ones that are being sued through this. Um, The process of curing votes is this. They look at the outside of the envelope and somebody is supposed to physically compare that signature to the signature that the county recorder's office has on file as a voter. If it isn't a match and it can't be matched immediately with the naked eye, it is then goes through a curing process in which they reach out to the voter in question to verify whether or not they voted. In Maricopa County, you're notified when you get a ballot. You're notified when your ballot is received by the recorder's office and when you've returned it. And it's you are notified when your vote is counted. Um, and if they get that's why they have people voting or they've got to be in by a certain time because of that curing process can take some time for voters. The accusation from the late campaign is that that system of curing those votes, of verifying those signatures was flawed in such numbers that it could alter and did alter the results of this election. That is the only one of the accusations that the judge is taking up. Um, it's interesting the response uh, that came from the county recorder whose name is Stephen Richard. Um, Stephen Richer responded, I, of course, have the utmost respect for both the people sitting on the court and the court as an institution and will now proceed to win again for about the 30th time.
So I want you to hear again our legal analyst here at KTAR News is Barry Markson, and this is what Markson had to say about this. I don't know that there are enough signature verification ballots that are an issue here to change the outcome of the election. That's something that will come out now, but that's Kerry Lake's only and final hope. Um, so the sixth claim, I'm going to read it again. Maricopa County did not follow signature verification procedures, must receive a second look by the county judge. The county and appeals court interpreted Lake's signature-related challenge as applying to the policies themselves, not how the policies were applied, and dismissed her claim based on grounds that she filed her legal challenge too late. The uh, uh, the higher court, the, the Supreme Court, is saying that that alone has to be looked at. Um what this goes back to is whether or not people believe that the election was stolen. Um, the Supreme Court said Lake, Hobbs, and Fontes, Adrian Fontes is our, uh, is our Secretary of State, um, could file court arguments on the issue but restricts those arguments to Lake's factual claims such as over 35,000 ballots were added to affect the election. Um, the judge that wrote the court's opinion said the record does not reflect that 35,563 unaccounted ballots were added to the total count. The motion for sanctions will be considered in due course. So this is the other part of this that's going to go on. In the end, um, what I lament about all of this is we are – stuck on 2020 we are stuck on 2022 and there are those that believe it's necessary because unless we fix this problem there's no point in voting in 2024 because elections are rigged people will not vote there is a reason why when cheating happens and cheating does happen in sports it is handled in the most harsh way um Pete Rose, if you're a baseball fan, Pete Rose is not. A, it was thrown out of Major League Baseball. Um, in many people's minds, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, uh, certainly iconic in his generation, altered the way things were done. But he got caught gambling on baseball. He says it wasn't on his own games, but he got caught gambling on baseball. After all of the heinous, crazy things people have done in the sports world, that got him thrown out. He's not eligible for the Hall of Fame because they take cheating so seriously. Now, there's no indication he cheated, but he broke a rule that it it looked like he could have. There was a basketball referee, I think his last name was Donaghy, who was caught cheating in the NBA and, and shaving enough points on games and changing the results of games. Because of the huge amount of money that is spent gambling on basketball, that was handled in a very harsh way. Because it could alter the outcome. And so in this case here, there are people that believe that there is no point in voting unless this gets changed. That's going to be scary for 2024 in a presidential election year when there will be people that say, why should I vote? It's already been predetermined. And there have been people that think that for a very long time. It's a rigged game. I don't vote. It's all the same. They're all the same. It's a one party. They call it the uniparty. It's not two parties. And But now you're seeing more and more people say, what's the point? That to me scares me more than anything else, that people are that there are uh, some people that are losing faith in the system. Um, Why is the military missing its recruiting goals? Uh, It's an interesting conversation, and it's something that all Americans should be concerned about because they're saying the army may miss their recruiting goals by up to 10 percent. We'll get to it in just a moment.
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, you know, timing is everything. I had an interesting experience last night, and it was a wonderful experience. But then this morning I came in, and um, one of the headlines um, says that uh, I, I was watching this on the news last night, and then the headline this morning is talking about military recruiting, and they're missing their goals for recruitment. Um, so there's a couple of ways to look at this. We can mirror this against what we've seen in the headlines in North Korea, where the big announcement was all of these people lined up to fight possibly against the Americans, and it turned out they were just lining up for free food. Um, or we see what's going on with China and some of the changes being made. Should we be beefing up militarily? That's one angle on this. The other is why is it that they're missing their recruiting goals? Um, and there are a couple of different schools of thought. One of them is, and some of the military leaders went and testified before Congress and said it's because of a lack of diversity and they're concerned about discrimination, which there was huge pushback. And I will say that, again, I am not a veteran. <clears throat> I was uh, my, my time in the Army was very brief because of an injury I was out, so I never even graduated from basic training. I have a general discharge, not an honorable discharge, because I wasn't even in long enough. And so um, I don't consider myself a veteran. And last night, I was surrounded by veterans. I was surrounded by Blue Star and Gold Star family members um, and uh, POWs. Um, and it was just a room full of people as we honored uh, the late Lori Paestua. Lori Paestua was killed. She was the first Native American woman killed in combat in the United States, and Paestua Peak was appropriately named after her. Um, and I was with her family last night and with uh, hundreds of other people to honor her sacrifice and the sacrifice of other Gold Star families, one of which I am. I lost a brother. As a matter of fact, today is the 20th anniversary of the death of Lori Paestua. Today would have also been my brother Tom's 54th birthday. Um, we lost my brother 20 years ago on Memorial Day this year. On May 27th, my brother was killed. It will be 20 years this May. Um, so I have a different perspective on it. I was in a room full of people that know what sacrifice means. And even if they are not someone who has given their life, their life for this country, they were willing to. Um, even though blood may not be how they're related in some cases, they lost brothers and sisters just the same. And there is still, for me and for my family and the people that I align myself with, we still see sacrifice for the greater good to be an honorable thing. And so it seems to be a no-brainer. It was interesting. I spent some time last night um, speaking with one of the Phoenix police officers that volunteered his time. Um, his name is Vinny. Went and talked with him for probably 30 minutes or so just about his time in Phoenix PD and his history and you know the cops in his family and why he does the job. And there is a synergy there. There is a, there is a commonality between why men and women sign up to be in law enforcement and why men and women sign up to be in the military. And uh, recruiting is down in law enforcement as well. And is it a public perception issue? I think part of it is. I think that um, if we were to expose younger people to the honor, uh, the sacrifice is a big part of it. Let's be honest. When you're risking your life, it's a big part of it. But the honor and the respect that so many Americans feel for that career – um, whether it's military or law enforcement, is amazing. But the military is missing its goal. I want to read you another headline on the other side of this. Um, 
AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was trying to defeat a rumor that she was part of a, a, a an event which was a hosted for a military recruitment event. She said it's not just a right-wing thing. It was a student service fair. Um, she co-hosted this at a high school in the Bronx. Learn about the resources available to students. At the event were guests from the U.S. military, Marines, and Naval Academy, Air Force, and Coast Guard, prompting a backlash. She went on to say politics is so crazy because people can just wake up and make up whatever they want to make up. Today, someone made up a rumor that I, me, was hosting a military recruitment fair for high schoolers. Does that sound like something I would do? This is a member of Congress. Um, There was a time when the commonality between political parties was – Respect for the men and women that serve, and I still believe that to be true. What I am saying to you about my respect for the men and women that serve is not a Republican-Democrat thing. It's an American thing. Um, There are no political parties in a foxhole, and I don't care. It's really interesting. I was at an event last night surrounded by people that were in the military – have been in the military or family members of someone that lost their life in combat. You know the one question that was never asked and the one subject that was never approached? What political party are you from? What branch of the service? What years did you serve? What did you do? Where were you stationed? All of those things came up. All of them. Not one question about what political party, who'd you vote for? Never came up. So this isn't a conversation about political parties. What this does to me and what makes me sad about this in our country is we used to say, because we believed it as a country, um, we send our best and our brightest into combat. And we send our best and our brightest into our community as law enforcement officers or first responders in general, public safety people. And that sentiment has changed. Um Young people today are told to be afraid of the police. The Phoenix Union High School District got rid of law enforcement officers or school resource officers on their campuses. And they didn't even hide it by saying it was a budgetary move. They said it was because some students didn't feel comfortable around the police. We've demonized the heroes, um, members of our military. Nineteen. I, I, I stood last night with a guy named Brian. He's ter- just a terrific guy, a Vietnam veteran. And we started talking about it. And the more he talked about it, he started to get choked up. Here's a Vietnam veteran, part of the generation that was treated horribly when they returned from war. And that generation has worked so hard. The Vietnam veterans have worked so hard to make sure that the current generation of troops are not treated as horribly as they were treated when they came home. And the change in attitude about the people that would join the military, the fact that a member of the United States Congress and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I don't care what party she's from, believes that it's to her benefit with her constituency to say, I would never be a part of a military recruiting event. I would be. I would love to be. If you are a military recruiter out there, I don't care what branch of the service you are with, I would love to help you recruit however I can. With this show or just in person, whatever help you need from me, I would be honored to be a part of recruiting because I believe it's a mission worth worth sacrificing for. And I just hope it changes. I hope that this they get the numbers they need. Coming up in a moment, um, the American IQ scores have dropped in four out of five measurements. Are we getting dumberer? We'll talk about that next.
strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, the legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement. We want to hear from you. Text Al, just A-L, text Al to 620-620 and submit a video to thank you, Al, message. We may even play it on the air. Just text Al to 620-620. Well-deserving. Legendary broadcaster Al McCoy announcing his retirement. Um, Interesting headline. Are we growing more dumber? That's the headline. That's not my words. I mean, I would say something like that. I just didn't this time. Are we growing more dumber? Americans' IQ scores drop in four of five measurements. So without getting into the the meat of this and the details of this, just going with the headline and then some of the things that they're saying is that during a time um, between 1932 through the 20th century, all over the world, IQ scores significantly increased. We are now seeing a decrease in IQs. They're saying, well, it might be because people don't take tests very well. I will tell you that as a young person, and many young people are this way, uh, they don't take education seriously. What I mean is they don't see the value. I was one of those people. Never in a million years did I think I would use math, ever. And then, I, then my career that, that fed my family for decades was um, being an electrician, where every equation we use is algebraic or some form of geometry. It is a bending conduit and wire sizing and voltage drop and all of these other calculations that I was eventually able to do within, in my head most of the time. Um, never imagined I would use math, but I'm glad I had the ability Um, In this career, I spend more time reading now than I ever imagined. I'm a lazy reader by by nature. Um, I read what I like, and I'm not one of those people that if I start a book, I have to finish it. If I'm five pages in and I'm bored, I'm never picking it up again. Um, But I read more now, and I have to – not only do I have to read, I've got to be able to read and react. And I'm so glad I have that skill set. I'm so thankful. I wish I could kiss the feet of the teachers that taught me to read when I was young. We have such an opportunity now, and, and we're lazy because of it. It's not. It's just. A, it's the nature of things. I don't think kids are more naturally lazy. We had to do things because they were not being done for us at the time. Um, what I mean by that is, I didn't have spell check. You know, I didn't have word completion like I do on my phone. If I didn't know how to spell a word, I either didn't know I misspelled it or I had to go look it up. You had to look up things in an encyclopedia. You had to make an effort to learn things. But it was the way you learned. You weren't lazy. I was by nature. Believe me, I'm, I, don't, I don't look up words now. Spell check fixes everything for me. But we didn't grow up that way. We had to write in cursive. We had to learn to write. We, um, these things were necessary. We are able to get by now and the way things are going with these chat bots and chat GPT and everything, people won't have to do anything. You'll just be able to punch in some information and it will spit out something and look like you wrote it. That's great. So you can skate through life. But in the end, there was a time there was, um, There was an NFL player. He was one of the greatest players in the NFL at the time. His name was Dexter Manley. And Dexter Manley played, I believe, for the time it was the Washington – no, it's now called the the Washington Commanders. But um, when he played in that organization, it came to light years after his career in the NFL that he was illiterate. This is a college graduate. This is a guy that went to college on a full ride and graduated from college and couldn't read. Couldn't even read his own contracts when he got in the NFL. 
and it was seen as an anomaly and a horrible thing that, oh my gosh, how could this guy slip through the cracks? How do we let somebody do that? Look at where we are right now. Now, I don't want to blame it solely on these other things, but look at um, look at what some of the things are. Watchdogs to monitor uh, Tom Horn's English-only education policy. Let's go from there. Boston Middle School survey asking students about oral sex transgenderism prompts parents outrage. Schools asking middle school kids about their sexual activities and knowledge. Uh, Boston parents enraged after middle schoolers allegedly give an inappropriate sex survey. Parental rights advocates battle with activists of media coverage over child sex change treatments. Um, DEI, or diversity, equity, and inclusion training, asks scholars which ethnicities should live or die. In hypothetical scenarios, white students are barred from an Iowa State University's women of color retreat, but women is spelled women. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, W-O-M-X-N, no E. Um, so white women are not allowed to go to this retreat. Uh, it's funny. We learn things. There's not. We are not. There are certain traits that are not born in us, and one of them is racism. I don't believe we're born racist. I believe it's something we learn, and sometimes, unfortunately, we learn it very early. But if you look on a college campus at the way college students are behaving, whether it's about a diversity and they want uh, exclusivity and they want uh, segregation again, whether whatever the fight is, they learned that somewhere. Where did they learn it? And I would say a lot of times it is the parents and other times it's the school system. Have the school is the school system. And I believe education in America is changing. I believe education in America is going to be taken back by parents. But is it a generation too late? Because our children should not be left to their own devices. We know that. I mean, you think about your life. I want you to think about the things that you've done in your life. And if your kids are there, you don't have to act like you know what I'm talking about. But think about the things you did in your young life and think about if your children did that, what you would do to them. I used to joke with my girls. We had a when I was married uh, to their mom, um, we had a burglar alarm at the house and it beeped every time a door or window was open. And I used to tell them that that burglar alarm is there to keep people out and to keep other people in. Because I'm not stupid. I snuck out of the house, and I'm also not dumb enough to think that they didn't get past me a time or two or more than that. You know, I, I just – when we are kids, we don't think about consequences. Parents spend a lot of time protecting children from themselves, and part of protection there is that education, is making sure they do their schoolwork, to making sure they're held accountable, to making sure there's consequences when they don't. And these are the things that happen when we just leave it to other people and believe they're going to do it. There is a culture war going on in schools right now. But the one thing that is undeniable is that the education level of these, not their intellect, their education level is far below what it should be. So if uh, you can't have things work together, if you can't have all these other curriculums and do this other stuff, the other stuff has got to go. That's my opinion. And until parents, until adults start taking back over the school system and what is appropriate for kids to learn versus what's necessary for kids to learn. We're sunk. We are sunk. Uh, speaking of which, uh, how is President Biden addressing his low poll numbers? The new numbers are out. They are way down. We'll talk about it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app.
Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, we got to get to this. So President Biden, poll numbers are in lower than almost at the lowest they've ever been. Um, and there's a reason why this is important. Poll numbers fluctuate. They are what they are. But according to this poll, the president notched an approval rating of 38 percent. Um, so it has dropped. Last July, he was at 36 percent. But the approval rating has gone down. The question is, what is he doing about it? it is, do they pay attention to polls? Uh, there's danger in when you don't listen. And there's danger when you do. If you are a leader and you're making decisions based on popularity, you're probably not a good leader. Um, there are times when when decision makers have to make a decision that's not necessarily popular in the moment, but long term. That's what great leaders do. Long term, those are good decisions. Um, I'll give you just a quick example in sports. Look at some of the moves that Bill Belichick made over the years with the New England Patriots. If you're a sports fan, there were times when there were very popular, still very good players that had just kind of crested their peak in the league. And uh, he knew if we trade this player now, we can get maximum value. When we've already seen that person reach their peak, they're going to have a few good seasons left in them. But what we can get for them is going to make us better long term. And that wasn't always popular. There were players that were very big fan favorites that were traded away from that team in the interest of success, and it turned out that Belichick was right for doing that. If he had gone with what was popular... We admit they may not have had the success they did, or at least the longevity of success that they had. Um, but the president has uh, – here's a, an exclusive story from the Daily Caller. The Biden administration flew migrants caught illegally crossing from Canada to the southern border, according to a memo. And they did this so that they could use Title 42 to deport them. We now know that there is a remain in Mexico policy that's in place for some nations, that you got to go to a safe nation. And once you're there, you got to apply there. We've seen a dramatic reduction at the border. Is this a true idealistic uh, change or ideology change or is this just a change because they are getting crushed in the polls because of the border? By the way, coming up at 11.05, we're going to talk with Senator Cinema who has been a very outspoken critic of this administration and previous administrations handling of the border. Uh, she's from southern Arizona originally, so she knows the border very well. I'm going to ask her about the policy shift in the Biden administration. We know the the uh, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas made a visit to Arizona with the Arizona governor. Is this a sign that they are getting the message or is this just we are getting closer to an election year, your poll numbers are in the tank, and you're going to need to throw the American people a bone that everybody can agree on to get your numbers up? And I don't know the answer to that yet. We will know based on longevity of what they're doing. But it is a good question about the president's poll numbers. Why are they low? Um, is it uh, a combination of things? Uh, migration tops the agenda as Biden visits Canada. Um, is it a combination of things? Do the American people believe uh, what they hear in the news? Have we become so um, divided that if so, if you are a Republican, if you are then even if you're not a Republican, if you're an independent, but you are a right leaning person, you vote with the right most of the time. You have conservative principles and how you, you know what you believe in government and and finances and things of that nature. When you see MSNBC or CNN run a story that is negative about a Republican, do you immediately discount it because of the source? 
Conversely, if you are someone that leans left and you vote Democrat or you lean and, and, and align yourself ideologically with the Democrats, do you automatically discount a Fox News story? Because that's where we've, you know, it isn't so much that it's we hear what we want to hear. It's that we only want to hear from the people we want to hear from. Um, we It's strange how we do show prep where we cover the gamut of opinions on the same story. Sometimes we will print the same topic out from multiple websites. Uh, I talked earlier, we're going to talk about it again soon, about um, the election Claims by the Carrie Lake campaign. If you look at Carrie Lake's comments on what the Arizona Supreme Court did, it was a huge victory for her campaign, and they're winning on this. If you look at what AZ Central and other media outlets have printed, they said six out of the seven claims she made were all denied, and one was only marginally accepted and narrowly accepted. Uh, so again, it's it's who do you believe? Um, the poll numbers, why are they low, though? This is not just Republicans bashing a Democrat president. This is the American people feeling like he's been ineffective. I will tell you, I think the biggest issue for people is their response has been way too late on far too many things. Everything goes through the prism of climate change. And whether it's inflation or anything else, it was such a too little, too late response. The border issue right now, too, I'm happy they're doing something about the border. But where have they been? And that's a big question for people. That is a huge question for people. The Arizona Supreme Court has been very, very busy. Um, they made a decision on a couple of different things, one of the biggest of which is saying that our governor, Katie Hobbs, is not required to fulfill a death warrant for an inmate. Is this the right decision? But what implications from this decision? What is? Are there bigger ripple effect issues that come from this? That's what we'll discuss next.